Real quick, before we get this episode started, we're on YouTube and on Spotify, um, depending on which which one you listen on. Hopefully, you guys can click subscribe, leave a like on the video, and uh, hopefully, you know, enjoy this episode to where you'll want to enjoy more episodes. Well, we're happy to have you and enjoy the podcast. Bro, it's been so long, but we're here. You know? Dude, it really has. <laughs> <laughs> God Jesus. have mercy. Welcome back to uh, the one and only I Missing Triggers. said it. Missing Triggers podcast. Um, we're back after, you know, four or five week hiatus. We've been uh, going We've been through some stuff. Life. We've All been right. living, <laughs> um, you know, flesh and blood and content really wasn't our priority for the last month or so. And so... Um, you know, it, it feels nice to get back. We're at episode eight pro tour little pre-show is what we're going to call this episode. We're going to go through, um, you know, the last few weeks of flesh and blood and, um, go over Singapore, uh, go over the world's format. And then we're going to go over pro tour little, um, kind of, you know, uh, brief thoughts on everything and, um, and some hard hitting topics that a lot of people, um, you know, have their have their opinions on, but get before good at anything play. else, get good at plus. <laughs> there we are. Um, how have you been, Sebastian? Um, what have you been up to? Talk to us about your you know last few uh, last few weeks. I, I think it kind of goes for both of us. Where have we been? Um, basically, me and Kyle aren't able to go to France, so that kind of killed the competitive drive for me this month. Not having an event to kind of grind towards and not having anything locally other than skirmishes, which I did fairly well. Kyle did fairly, we, we did well for our skirmish season, but other than, you know, just casually playing some blitz and, um, you know, just taking it easy, not really testing CC. Haven't been, been really doing much, just like you said, living life. And um, I think the main reason, if you agree with me, Kyle, is just because we aren't able to go to France. If I was able to go to France, I'd be on the grind like the rest of the guys, you know, testing every day, um, just trying to figure out the limited format and all that and having a bunch of fun with it. But since I didn't, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just going to stay salty and just be like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I wouldn't have done well anyway because I didn't practice. So now I'm happy with that excuse. Yeah, you know, honestly, same. Um, it was a weird, nice change of pace, I guess you could say, to not really have to worry about anything for a little while. Um, you and I wait, did decide wait. to. Did we happened? get a break? Did we get a break? We, I mean, I think yeah, we took we took a break ourselves. We took a break. break. Um, blitz format. Uh, well, excuse me, skirmish season. Um, was something to say the least. Uh. I really did. We really didn't take it too competitively, but at the same time, when they announced like the world's uh, qualifications and stuff, you and I were like, "Oh, you're like at forty sixth or something." So we might need to go to these just so you can not have to use your PTI for worlds, you know. And that was, uh, I think, probably the biggest thing that happened in the past month, month and a half, is just trying to get some points. Um, so just you didn't have to worry about that. Points, right? <laughs> yeah, because you're you're like top you're top fifty currently world world uh, all time for XP, and Josh is like right there too. You guys are like forty and forty one, or you know in that area. So um, obviously, 
you know, after, after your weekend that you had, Jesus, um, you ended up winning two pro quest or whoa, whoa, I'm read the word pro quest on my, uh, on my screen here. No, you won two skirmishes in a weekend and the week before, uh, you got second and I somehow bested you of that one. And I won a skirmish, which it's been, hadn't been like that in a year. So, um, Dude, that you was know. the classic Dory, Kyle on Dory, Sebastian on chain skirmish final at Showcase. <laughs> That's like our third one, I think we've done at Showcase. But um, yeah, it it was nice to get to actually, um, you know, make top eight of that particular skirmish, getting in at like seventh seed, and um, kind of just taking it down, you know, getting a little bit lucky and. Um, it felt nice, you know, to to win something for once. Since you know, <laughs> even even if it is pretty small, um, it felt nice to get to play uh, to play Dorinthia again. And shout out to Josh for such a well. Actually, I won with his outdated list, which is funny. And then with his with his not outdated list, like his current list, I got destroyed. So maybe I should just go back to the old list, playing one glistening steel blade. But, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, shout out to Josh, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, skirmish season for the most part was fun. Um, actually, an old childhood friend of mine hit me up right as skirmish, or I was told that a childhood friend of mine, um, shout to Caleb, he'll never hear this more than likely, but um, found out that he was playing Flesh and Blood. So I've got his number, you know, I haven't talked to him in like 12, 13, 14 years, and I was like, hey, um, you know, I heard you playing Flesh and Blood let's get together, you know, let's play, let me teach you a few things, and, um, that was really cool, and you actually got to meet him, too, when we came, we come down to my hometown for that, uh, for that one skirmish, we stopped by his place, and you got to meet him and everything, and, um, you know, that, that was pretty, that was pretty awesome to get to catch up with him, and, you know, we have mutual interests again, which is really cool, so, um, overall, this last month, you know, it's been more of a, what's the word I'm looking for, it's been more of a, decompressing you know time get to just enjoy casual flesh and blood for the most part and um just taking it easy having fun yeah you know it's it's all we can ask for a lot of times right like with all this competitive stuff that we get into and um continuously grind i mean that's what we did right like we we would play non-stop every single day and to not have to worry about that, and then just to go on the weekend, get to see a few friends, get to play some casual blitz, fun stuff, and maybe win a little bit of prizes. It was fun. It was a great. It was a great time off of content, and just to, uh, you know, lay low and just chill out. You know. Definitely, definitely. Shout out to four bounding demigod hands. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> my favorite. I can't believe picture. I won that. Game. I can't believe I won that game. You honestly shouldn't have won that game, but you did because you have Karen Husk in your deck. But you yeah, know, I mean, that's neither that, here nor there. <laughs> it is. Um, but other than that, you you got second at one, and you got and you won two in that weekend at Meeple, and then prime time you went like thirteen or fourteen to zero with yeah, Chain. So, so basically, the Blitz season was top four, uh, lost Icelander, top. Uh, no, 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 sorry finals beat icelander in top four that time and then won one top four so overall i think my blitz record was like it's somewhere like 
twenty something and five or four like that. I want to say it was like twenty seven and five is what you said your final record was after skirmish season or something like that. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, something something crazy like that. So that wasn't um, including level up either, if I'm not mistaken. That was when we were on our way back from Macon. So yeah, who knows? You had a really it, good it, record though. <laughs> yeah, and that. When we get into the whole uh, world's discussion, we can talk about variants. Quotation marks. <laughs> quotation love, variants. Love variants. My favorite word. Um, all right. Before we get into the calling Singapore, I do want to say um, this is being recorded on the 25th of August. And I got word that the Emperor might be Draconic Runeblade. That's all I'm going to say on that topic because I'm excited. The dude looks badass. And I love me some Runeblade and Draconic stuff. So I think, hey it's, guys, I think, I think it might be neat. Just because just it's another Runeblade, don't quit the game. Just get good and beat them. You know, like, <laughs> don't you get know, mad. I agree. Yeah, don't get mad. Fuck that. Um, let's get into the Calling Singapore. Actually, first off, I want to congratulate Jason Zhang for winning with Talishar Dash, out of all things. Um, that took That took the whole Flesh and Blood community by surprise. Don't you think? Don't you mean Wombat Dash? <laughs> is, is that what we're calling it? <laughs> no, like, actually, that is that is apparently, like, Turtle Katsu, apparently somehow it got made into Wombat Dash. And, like, DMR motto was just... Inflated. Jesus. They were just saying it the whole stream. It was That's hilarious. So fun. That's actually pretty funny. Um, Actually, Jason was uh, my first round opponent at Pro Tour New Jersey. Uh, believe it or not, and he beat the goddamn brakes off. He you. beat the piss <laughs> out of me. <laughs> um, I've never seen somebody open up as well as he did, but I mean, he he played it very well. I was in Starvo because I had little testing, and um, and he he goes amplifier, turn zero, spark a genius amplifier, sets another amplifier, and then and then out of three turns, he blocks a lot. With his all all of his defense reactions, and then gets two more, gets two induction chambers, and starts killing me. And it was impossible to do anything to. So, um, you know, I'm glad to see him, you know, hey, re- reinvent the wheel with Dash. You know, I love to see one tricks do well. All right, I actually do, and I'm not, not even joking. I love it to see when someone <laughs> is committed to a hero, and then they do well with it, and then eventually LSS is gonna, you know shaft you and take away that hero and then you can't play the game anymore and you're me anyway <laughs> top eight <laughs> yeah, top, top, eight, top eight. <laughs> um we had a fi and icelander wombat dash of course and then f- yeah. viscerai and four briar um it's funny because that's Everyone really not surprising surpri- yeah. that's not surprising to us because i mean Two of the people that top top aided that tournament that galling were like test partners, right? Like you had yeah. Alan Lau and Shing. They've been and, going uh, crazy with the other guys. Obviously, I haven't played with them at all this season because I haven't been preparing for a calling or a pro yep. tour or anything. But they've been going crazy with those guys. Um They Alan's stay up until more- like seven, eight in the morning in yeah, Hong Kong like time. in Hong yep. Kong time. They do it so they can stay up during our time because like 1 p.m. for us on Eastern time is 1 a.m. for them. So they'll stay up till around 5 to 7 a.m. 
for their time, which is 5 to 7 p.m., and wait for that for the guys to get off work and stuff. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> or if you're Nathan and Alex, you could, you have a flexible schedule where you can just play with them whenever. And so, exactly. Um, I, I do remember a lot of times, like I, if, if anybody didn't know, I work with Nam as well. And, um, I look over there and Nam's, Nam's got the matches up on discord while we're working and we'll be watching the matches and, uh, and kind of seeing what they're doing and what they're testing and hear what their, you know, their thoughts are. And, you know, th- th- those guys are very dedicated and, you know, shout outs to Alex and, uh, and Nathan for testing with them a lot and, and Josh too, because, um, you know, I-, I think, I think they make us better players and vice versa. And, um, I think obviously you saw that with, with how well the Hong Kong crew showed up in Singapore. And I think three Hong Kong players, Top eight with Briar, so um, they did. So that's but that's pretty awesome. A lot of people were surprised about the Briars being in top eight, but it was funny because Nathan kind of came into the chat about two weeks ago and just said Briar is better than Viserai. Like, and he's just when Nathan doubles down on something, he fucking means it, and that is yeah. that's just it. <laughs> he's yeah. like basically, and me and Kyle talked about it. We're like hard agree because. Briar can block two cards and then attack with two cards. Viserai can't do that. <laughs> Viserai just can't function off a two-card hand the way Briar can. I mean, with some Briar hands, you can block eight damage on your opponent's turn and then come in with eight damage, getting 16 value out of your hand, making another embodiment, blocking more, and that's just crazy. I think, or you can set I up think... an arsenal. I think you and you actually mentioned this and you know I was kind of on the same wavelength as far as you know the way the format's like warped and shaped here um Briar like like you said Briar definitely is better with the two card hands um but Viscerai needs three card hands to do stuff right um you need the card to pitch and then you need the non-attack and the attack um so you can Kadachi or whoa, uh, red Kadachi on here. Um, so you can so you can Rosetta afterwards and apply pressure. And so um, I think that's one of the reasons why Viserai um, has kind of fallen a little bit to the wayside as far as the Rune Blades go. Like it's obviously still very very good. Like you can still get really good matchups and still just spike your way through a through a tournament. Um, but I think right now, go ahead. I, I think both of the decks have a very nice like burst mechanic um while briar needs a little bit more setup with the channel mount heroic and keeping that on this or i can just kind of have two or three turns a game where they just see like mordred tide rebel <laughs> and that's insane so <laughs> yeah that is it, true yeah no i mean both those cards on their own are just incredibly powerful but if you can line them up together it just kind of gets out of hand for sure um there was an Icelander that actually did very well, and actually at the same at the same weekend, Icelander ended up winning the CC Battle Harden in Singapore too. What are your thoughts on Icelander right now? Because I know you, th- I'm pretty sure you thought this was the sleeper, right? No, I, I still do. I, I still think it's a sleeper. I think the reason I haven't been practicing Icelander is the same reason we haven't been really practicing Dromai. It's just one of those decks that can do very well into the meta very well into the aggro decks. I feel like it has a playstyle into the Guardians, but its Prism matchup is absolutely awful. Like, 
I think it's just better to concede and not get frustrated and just keep a, a good mind for the next round. And a lot of people don't agree with that mentality, but I'm on that wavelength where it's like, if you're playing Icelander, just, just concede and have a, get some lunch. (laughs) I will never forget. I will never forget when we were at the first uh, RTN, (laughs) the CC RTN and you were on ice. You decided to play Icelander round three. You sit down. It was me and you beside each other. And you sat down and the guy's like, I'm playing prism. And you looked at him and said, I concede. (laughs) I'm going to go get something to drink. I laughed I mean, about that for like 20 minutes in my match. It was so funny. <laughs> dude, it, it, it was a strategy because like, I'm not going to give him a game to figure out what the hell I'm doing. I'm just going to, if I see him again in top eight, I can kind of navigate it from there, right? If I see him sure. in top cut. <laughs> but um, I think Icelander is a great deck. I think people are sleeping on it. And I think it needs a good pilot and a good build. And that's just, the hard part about it is that it's one of those decks that you have to be like playing at a hundred percent the whole time. And your good matchups are hard matches, right? It's like, even when you play against Fi and a frostbite can shut down their whole turn. Sometimes they have two blues in their hand and they don't care. And you don't know this until they start pitching. Right. And then if you see a red card, you're like, okay, well one frostbite's going to shut them down here. But if it's one of those turns where you don't have, if you can only make one frostbite and they have two blues in their hand, they're just getting insane damage. And that's when you have to be on blocking mode. And there's a lot of lines and a lot of ways you have to navigate all your good matchups. And for me, I don't know if I will be full committing to Icelander just because like in a seven round classic constructed tournament or like even on the local level where it's like five rounds plus three rounds of top cut or six rounds and three rounds of top cut being that aware and relevant maybe at a local it's easier but like at a calling you're while you're playing at the highest level of play and you just have to be on point every single game versus a deck like viscerai or briar or Fi, where some matchups you literally just see all right, what's the best way I can optimize my hand here? Or you just stick to your basic game plan, and it's really easy. Icelander is just something different, where you have to be on your P's and Q's. Every single game, you have to... It's a mountain to climb for for your good matches and your bad matches. For sure. That is a very good explanation for that. It definitely is what what we view as a mountain. Um, Way more... Way more struggle, but way more rewarding if you do well with it, right? Like, um, etching out, like, if you're, I remember you, you were playing against a Bravo or an Oldham player at that, at that RTN, and, you know, you set up the, uh, you set up the Ice Eternal triple Frost X play, and the guy just couldn't do anything, and, like, it was down to you being at, like, two life, you know, and you find, you finally set it up, and, like, I felt good because I was like, oh, he did it. Like, that is so sick. And, like, the, the, that's rewarding to me if, if you find a way to get get there in, in, the last, in regards to that. The last round I played there, I played, like, four Oldhams that day. The last Oldham I played, it was actually a super fun and close game. And we were both out for top eight at that point. So we, did, we were just playing to play. But he went up to almost, I think it was 49 or 50 life and got me down to below 20 and somehow i clawed my way back and then set up my big turn 
but did the math wrong and was like three damage off or uh, one to three damage off and he stayed around and I didn't keep a card for my arsenal because I went all in not thinking about um, Crown of Seeds getting him a blue. I just forgot math right there for a second Mm -hmm. there. But I was like, I can't believe I thought you had that game. (laughs) And somehow, you know, we call we call back from it. So, yeah, it's definitely a deck that's fun and rewarding. It's just it's a mountain. It's so hard to play. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, you are not wrong. Um, let's get into this Fi deck. Obviously, uh, as we know, um, they they neutered Fi a little bit, and uh, and it had showing still at the at the calling Singapore. Um, I have the list pulled up here so we can kind of talk about it and kind of go over it. Obviously, you know the deck previously was just a mainline go again red cards. With Art of Wars, Tome of Firebrands, if you wanted to play it, and uh, Belittles, and just go in, right? Like, that was the deck. And you could spew out, like, 50 damage turns, 60 damage turns if you did it right. And and this deck was a little bit different. It's actually something that I thought about when we were building, or when when Fi was announced, um, with uh, Kadachis and Nine, even bigger than that. Um, you're just trying to dig as much as you can just to be able to play more cards and um looking at it here he's literally playing so many on hit cards um like like mounting anger engulfing flame wave um he's playing ancestral empowerments he's playing snatches take the tempos um and he's playing actually blue snatches as well um, so he's got a lot of just blues, a lot of good blues in here. As far Let as let me tell you, blue snatch off even bigger than that. That's the tech right there, bro. <laughs> I mean, that's the tech right there, bro. I mean, it still hits for two, and you have go again. Like it's such an awkward number. Yeah, exactly. And they're forced to block it because you're just going again anyway. So like that seems powerful. Like I almost would want to even play yellow snatches, right? Like and just get get there, but like. It just seems it. This deck just seems like it. Um... I think engulfing flame wave in general is just one card that that's the one that banishes the top, and then if it's less than the combat chain, you get to play it for free, right? Uh, so it, the the effects state it costs two, um, for five, and it says when it hits, reveal the top card of your deck if it's an action attack action card with cost less than the chain links, banish it, and you can play it this turn. So you still have to pay yeah. for it, but Obviously, like, you if know, your whole deck's like zero. <laughs> if you're, if, if most of your deck is zeros, zero, like yeah. you're sitting there with snatch, and you're like, okay, I'll reveal a snatch, haha, you know, like. Exactly. And if they block this at all, like if they just like throw a card just to not take damage, you can still on the next attack even bigger than that. In like, let's just say it's red, you could like stack your deck, see the snatch, and then just, you know, now you have this the four go again into like another thing. You know, so it's just all this deck is all about chain links and just optimizing draws and just getting there. It's only playing one Phoenix Flame, which is I think is all you need. And then also he's playing Razor Reflexes, so shout out to OG. This guy's an OG for that one. Dude, I might play that deck just for Razor Reflex. I love that card. I like legitimately have been thinking about playing this deck because it just seems uh it seems neat and it seems right up my alley. It seems yeah. like a like a like a different type of Katsu deck, and we all know how much I love Katsu. So, um, yeah, I might have to slate this up. 
But what I was saying is I think people are very low on that card. Like, they don't think it's that good. But I feel like in Limited, people have been like, yeah, man, I'll take five. And then every time, I, like, I think I played that card maybe like six times Limited. I think five times it's hit like three damage or four damage that's been relevant. And they're like, wasn't expecting that. Should have blocked that. I'm like, this card seems like it would be pretty good in Classic Constructed because this is definitely not a card that you would like want to block you're like mm -hmm. oh yeah but essentially it is snatch it's saying draw a card <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean he's playing 18 blues in the deck so like it makes sense to play more cards that cost you like he's playing three cnc and he's playing three engulfing flame wave the only thing i'm probably would change is try to fit in double strike somewhere in there just for the more chain links um because you're not necessarily caring a lot about the draconic as much um so i don't know I'm I'm definitely gonna sleeve this up and try it out. I think I think Mr. Ivan Tio is onto something here with this deck. And shout outs to you for for killing against Singapore with this deck. I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with this deck. So um yeah. Love me some Fi. Love me some yeah. some ninja class. So Well, it looks like we got worlds on the horizon. Ugh, dude, man. I'm like half excited and then the other half I'm excited. Um, I know, right? Because, <laughs> like, it, it's the own. It's in San Jose, if anybody didn't know, like in, in November sometime, right? Um, that is my and, least favorite part about it, but I'm still it, happy. I'm, I'm ecstatic. I say we go a couple days early and go see Alcatraz and, you know, make a trip out of it. It'd be so much fun. Um, Obviously, I think it was the second week of RTN season, they announced where and the dates it was going to be. I th or at least the dates, right? No, both. And um, recently, they came out with the the format that we're going to be playing, and uh, a lot know, of people have been talking about this. <laughs> this is this has been the topic of discussion for like a month, or well, close a to a month weeks. since yeah since since since, yeah. since this announcement, it's been like uh you know um. I'd so it worlds. About it. <laughs> you you, you I, might you, you might have. <laughs> we might have been in the car and you're like, let's stir up a little bit of bullshit here real quick. <laughs> um so obviously we thought it was gonna be just like nationals last year, it's gonna be three CC or excuse me, three draft five CC, and then three draft five CC. CC being classic constructive for anybody who doesn't know what flesh and blood is or the competitive side of it. So we have three draft uh, uprising draft, and then we have five classic instructed uh, for day one, which will be on Friday, uh, Saturday. Um, it's going to be three draft again, like we figured, but this time it's going to be blitz format for the last five rounds of the world championship to get into top eight. Um, yeah, <laughs> here we are. Here we are. People are. I, I think the discussion that needs to be had is people don't want to play Blitz because they're like, it's a casual format. It's not good. It's all high roll, blah, blah, blah. And there was someone who made a comment back to me that was so well thought out. And I was like, man, that is the perfect way to summarize it, right? And then even on our own team, this happened where it was like, people. I believe the comment, I don't know the exact wording, but the gist of the comment was people say I got high rolled in Blitz or, you know, this deck killed me, but they're not asking themselves, right? 
why am I not playing more blues against Kano? Why am why am I not playing more defense reactions if Dory's blowing me out? Why am I not playing a better late game, like some kind of, you know, if Oldham is fatiguing you out, then you need to be playing some kind of card to prevent that. Like if you're playing Briar and Oldham's fatiguing you out, play so tomorrow, right? To recycle the channel amounts. Um, people in Blitz don't ask themselves that question enough. And even Alex, our teammates, like, man, every time I see Wizard, I just lose. And Josh is like, well, have you thought about changing your deck up? And he's like, that was, I was going to say, I was literally going to say that. He's like, I'm playing Kasai. You can't. No. And then Josh literally said to him, then adapt. don't play Kasai. <laughs> he said adapt. Yeah. He said adapt. adapt. That you is, adapt. that is, that is going to be my focal point. I'm going to concentrate on when we're going to go through blitz is adapt. Since we have access to Josh Lau and the entire Hong Kong, like a lot of the competitive players from Hong Kong, they're very known for their blitz. And we, I, I believe, are going to get great blitz testing because of that. We're going to have to learn, you know, how to adapt. Granted, at the same time, like you and I kind of understand the format a little better than a lot of other people, but we're just going to have to like learn more. I'm excited for that because. You know, Blitz is how we learn the game, right? Like, that was the format that just got announced, you know, a couple months before we even got into the game, so. Exactly. Um, exactly. And I think, especially with the deck I play, it answers a lot of the problems that Blitz has. Like, I play Chain in Blitz because a lot of the problems in Blitz is, like, I don't have enough armor to stop what my opponent's doing and be proactive on my game plan or... I do have armor. Let's say you're playing a deck with a fridge. So chain and that deck are on even, but then the difference is chain can block a card or two and then mill, you know, a blood debt and then still have a crazy turn. Yeah. When your deck can't. And I'm saying that that kind of finding decks that solve that niche, like in one way or the other, where it's like, you play a deck that you know is going to solve Blitz's answers. And, like, for example, hard aggro, then you play Oldham, but you just have to make sure your Oldham deck doesn't lose to Kano pitch stacking correctly, right? And mm-hmm. that's just kind of the thing. Like, going into this world's format, let's just say Icelander is still the best Blitz deck like it is right now. You can't play a deck that just folds to Icelander. And if I find in my testing that chain, Volts Icelander 70% or more of the time, I'm not going to bring chain to worlds. That's just how it is. Yep. I agree. I agree completely. Um, I mean, honestly, you just hit the nail on the head with that one. <laughs> so, but um, overall, besides Blitz, super excited for worlds. I, I'm literally stoked. It's going to be, I think, one of the best weekends, like Pro Tour one for us like one of the best weekends of our life um i've never got to play in a world or anything for any card game because i'm fairly new to competitive card games so it's gonna be a landmark moment for me what about you kyle yeah honestly you know um just with the past stuff and Yu-Gi-Oh and uh pokemon and everything you know i i'm Yu-Gi-Oh was really hard to get into the world championships 
Um, and Pokemon is a little easier, but I didn't play for long enough to really achieve the status of, you know, getting the points to go to Worlds. But, um, obviously I'm not playing in this one either, but hopefully being there and getting to getting to experience the atmosphere more than likely playing the calling what do you, and... no no man don't count yourself out you're getting your pti <laughs> um so you know seeing the two people and i know i say this a lot when it's like without the camera or without doing the podcast um i know i know i say this a lot but you know, getting to see it, our, our first goal ever when we got into this game was to say we played in the first Pro Tour. And all three of us did it, me, you, and Alex. All three of us fucking did it. And that was one of the coolest things ever to see that, like, three of the three, three of us started playing this game, achieved it. Coolest thing ever. Um, being able to see you guys play in the world championships and be able to hopefully document it. Uh, for everyone to see is is going to be the highlight for me because um, I know no, you guys calling, are gonna put in the work. So I'm calling it right now. Either you or me are top eighting nationals to get you that invite. <laughs> You're wild. I'm calling it right now. Um, but you know, you know. Long story short, being able to play in a world championship is one thing, right? Um, being able to, you know play in the game's first ever world championship is something special too, because like nobody can take that away from you. Like you are one of probably a couple hundred that are going to be able to play in that. Right. And I, I, I legitimately don't think anything beats that in any sort of like world championship esque type type feel. So, um, Absolutely not. I'm excited yeah, just to be there and just get to experience it get to go to the banquet, record it all, and just record the weekend, interview all of you guys, and we have a good time. Because, like, that's just the, the atmosphere and getting to be with the entire team and getting to see old people or people that we haven't seen in forever, especially without, with not going to Vegas and then especially without not going to Pro Tour France. I was literally about to say the same thing, that since I miss Vegas, I miss France. I feel like I haven't been able to grind for anything super important um bro to nationals of course but like even those it was just like get top four like i wasn't we weren't trying hard at them right yeah now to have an event where we can really you know with the back-to-back nationals and worlds and i'm just so excited and i'm ready to get back on the grind um we've had our break and i think me and you both said that once this band list comes out after the pro tour it's literally go time August 30th is when we decide on what we're going to focus on and and go from there. You know, I'm excited to possibly get to learn this Flesh and Blood Online client. Um, it might be better for uh, player experience, and um, that might give us the edge, too. You know, being able to do that. Also, being able to queue up against other people um, to test things uh, might be pretty cool, too. So They should, they should um, do a leaderboard. That should be the next thing they work on. You know, that I... I, uh, I I plan on I planned on sending them an email um, after Pro Tour talking with Josh because I know Josh found the website um, first before any of us did, and I think you know I think it'd be a cool thing to be able to work with them to possibly help with um, 
updates and possible developments in the website and making it something that a lot of people go towards. And maybe, you know, if it's kind of like, you know, dual network or dueling book as it's called now for Yu-Gi-Oh! where you get like some sort of ELO rating, like it's, it's like a pseudo ELO rating type thing where you get XP for wins and you lose XP for losses and, and all the other stuff. And, you know, you can kind of see like it with seasons, right? Like for a month, you can see who wins, like who's the top players and stuff. And then that could be more storylines and that could create more content for a lot of people, which you and I talked about last night too. So, um, I think the sky's the limit with flesh and blood online. And I think, uh, I think they've, I think they're, I think they're on the right track with something really neat. So for sure, for sure. Talk to me about, uh, uh, a word. Okay. I need explanation of a word. Um, it's called variance. Can yes. you can, can you explain that to me at all in any way, shape, or form? I heard that's like your favorite word. Um, I mean, basically it just goes into what we talked about with the Blitz stuff. It's like, I feel like people use variance as an excuse to... Oh, to justify, an excuse. Yeah, to justify either their deck choice, how they, you know, the deck that they chose to play the hero, how they built the deck... Or their play with the deck and their role into a matchup. And sure, in Blitz, you're going to have those um, one out of what, like Josh said, out of 500 games with Reinar, he's been OTK'd on turn one three times. Less than five times, right? Mm-hmm. That's through his whole Blitz career. And personally, I had, a, I had an experience oh, wow. where turn zero... Reiner goes Arsenal pass. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm playing chain. I do my chain things, you know, attack you for six damage. <laughs> Arsenal plunder run, <laughs> you know, classic chain things. And mm-hmm. on their turn, they just go Blood Rush, Bellow, Manable Claw, Manable Claw, Alpha Rampage. <laughs> that happened and, at the Battle Harden in New Jersey, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously presenting, I believe that's over 20 damage on turn one. I was still able to play out of it and win that game very tightly, but they pitched a reckless swing and I was like, okay, so unless you draw a second reckless swing in this moment, I'm just going to go down to two and win the game. And they're like, yeah, that was my last reckless swing. I'm like, yep. <laughs> Duma, get fucked. Duma, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Jesus. I, I just think that people who have wrote off Blitz as a bad format should really give it a try. I will say there are some absolutely awful matchups in Blitz. Like, for example, chain mirror matches. It's literally who goes first or second. And this is funny because um, one of the locals in our area, Andrew, he, last weekend, when I had my undefeated run, or I guess two weeks ago, I had my undefeated run in Swiss. I won the die roll. I beat him because I went first. In top eight because I was top seat. I won the die roll, or this was top four. I won the die roll uh, because I was top seat, and I beat him because I went first. And then this weekend, the one where he won the skirmish, round one, he beats me because <laughs> he won the die roll. I go four, uh, I go four one. He was my only loss. Win my top eight match, top four. I oh play him <laughs> first off. Your your top eight match was crazy. Yeah, I I had to play through Ice Lexi. 
and it was um should have won that game somehow you won that game should have won that game but we got there <laughs> and uh he he was top seat so he went first and beat me i just thought i'm like this is hilarious that uh both of us literally had the exact same thing happen because it's just who goes first literally just who goes first and you know and if you see the art of war it's just even better right so but because he knows where his deck was a little bit different than mine that made it better in that situation is he was playing blue sift in his deck and turn one against me he used it to arsenal like a red plunder run or like a blittle or art of war it was something crazy like that and then in his finals match he also used it on turn one to arsenal a plunder run i was like see see what i mean where it's like you can change your deck building to beat that situation Mm-hmm. Hmm. Or like in old times when uh, Chain used to have to play one sink below or Fate for Cena's deck to not get blown out by um what was the card called um the Ira weapon the um, the one that said Zephyr Needle Zephyr Needle that's the one yep. you would have to even though it was bad for the deck you know because you want to just be as aggro as possible it's like okay well I play this for Dory and Ira and Josh. I believe in his old Dorinthia list would play Sigil for Sync Below. Why would Dory want to put Sigil in their deck? <laughs> Sig Sigil of Solace. Um, why would you want to put that in your all attack reaction deck, right? But it was like you just had to play it for Kano. You had so, to play it for Kano. You couldn't. You couldn't not play it for Kano. Exactly. So, so you just have to adapt. And I get. I tell people, give Blitz another chance. It's really not that sacky anymore. Sure, there's going to be some sacky moments. Um, a lot of people who complain about Blitz power level are Kasai players, which is like, you know, just play a better deck. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think Kasai is the most like fair deck in the game. So I can agree to that. I can agree to that. So just play a deck that's doing something unfair, because I think in Blitz you have to be doing something a little unfair, right? Or to like Dorinthia, where she strives is like NCC. If you can get the opponent below 10 life in CC with Dorinthia, you win the game. Getting there, that's the problem. In Blitz, Getting you're there already is there. The issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in Blitz, you're already there, buddy. <laughs> Two attacks in, and you're already there. Um, mm -hmm. And then death is on the horizon. So, yeah, I'm going to stop ranting and raving, and we can get into the other um, topic. I will. I have one more question for you. Maybe. Um... Okay. Maybe you'd be able to give me like a definitive top four to five decks for Blitz. Maybe to give people. Um, a map on where to start testing for Blitz going into Worlds, or hell, wow. even even just wanting to do better at locals. Like, what are the four decks or five decks that are the best for Blitz right now? And I'm gonna say this with total. Um, it's also based on the pilot. Um, sure. I had a game against Nam at the skirmish I just played at, where he was playing Oldham. And it was like the Oldham game where I had to art a war mid shackle to draw a certain card, like a, a blue mid shackle, to win the game. He and did. He did tell me that you played that game very well. So yeah. and I yeah. had to pitch stack perfectly. I was counting my deck, and I'm saying if you just pick up chain for the first time, I think, or even I think there's. A lot of decks are like this in Blitz, where you pick it up for the first time, you're not going to know how to win that matchup in the pitch stacking mode. 
I feel like Kano's one of those decks where it's like Kano can be a, you know, tier S plus deck. You know, I, I think it's contention. I, I definitely would put it on the top five. I'll, I'll give you my top five here in a second. But I feel like if you don't know how to pitch stack your combo correctly against Oldham or Bravo and know how to navigate that game, you will not be able to win. And there's yeah. no point of bringing Kano to the world if you don't know how to play that well. Um, so, yeah, basically I would put Icelander right now tier one. Uh, best deck in the format. You gotta beat Icelander. I feel like she slows down the meta enough where it just kind of does its thing, and a lot of decks can't play out of it, right? It has a OTK, it has a combo built into it, and it has a disruption plan for aggro, and it's yep. very easy to see it. Um, second, I would probably put. I'm just going off. 100% skill level or 90% skill level here, right, of the pilot. Um, I would probably say, like, I'm trying to think, like, I don't want to say chain because bias, right? Um, but I'm just trying to think, what does chain lose to other than Icelander? And, like, a very... Kano, Kano's like that, but I feel like Kano has to i'm gonna say chain i'm gonna put chain <laughs> over kano there because kano to beat the super aggro decks like Phi, who have one linear game plan of you know go crazy on turn two this is my only play um you have to see aether wildfire and sometimes you just don't get the lucky hit right um chain yep. though kind of just i feel like your equipment sweep is crazy i feel like the fact that you can block a card with your hand on turns four and five, if it gets that far, or even three, and pretty much know with how your deck's constructed that you're going to mill a blood deck card so you can plan for that, it's pretty good. And three, I would probably put, like, Oldham or Bravo, one of the Guardians, because I feel like they are just super good at what they do, disrupting fatiguing they have two different game plans they can go with um if you're playing against chain as bravo please just bring in titan's fist and shield and try to fatigue me everyone tries to race me right now is bravo because they don't have list in, uh, space in their list for the extra equipment move some yeah. move some stuff around that's yeah. all i can tell you move some stuff around because it's just too easy when you come in turn one i negate that then i deal 20 damage back then i just come <laughs> right at you you know, like you just exactly. on block mode for the next 10 turns exactly what it seems like. yeah it's like you could have just like hammered got rid of my carrying husk and make that your win condition right just make my carrying husk your win condition mm -hmm. um three four i would probably put like probably kano there if it's being played at 100 percent, and then five i think it's prob probably a warrior it's probably Dorinthia, right? I, I, I might even put Dorinthia over Kano. But I feel like these are five very solid decks that when you learn them to 100%, they will do well. I feel like Dorinthia, its version of... It's kind of like Chain, where if you don't know how to play against the Guardians, you're going to lose. Um, And I feel like Kano is the same way. If you don't know... <laughs> basically, Guardian makes it a lot <laughs> very difficult in Blitz to... for some for some decks and i feel like that's kind of 
that's kind of where the skill and blitz comes in. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm still learning it, but Josh has figured out a way to pitch stack into a combo against Oldham just to beat him. And I have yet to really do that. And, um, yeah, some kind of crazy triple hit combo, right? It's absolutely incredible. When I saw him do it one time, my jaw dropped. I was like, what? And I usually like, don't even put a damage on Oldham. Actually, that was on Crown of Seeds. It was a card, but. Um, I think, I think you see more guardians right now. At least this is what we've seen. We see quite a bit more guardians because we don't have as much Kasai in the format either. Um, and Kasai is just notoriously the, the guardian killer, right? So, um, so I, I think, I think your, your, your five are pretty spot on. Don't play Kasai from Worlds, please. <laughs> Don't do it. Unless there's some crazy thing in Uprising and she gets a new Draconic hero and <laughs> Dynasty. Uh yeah, sorry, Dynasty and she gets a new <laughs> Draconic hero and it she's just so good or she gets like another crazy card. Please don't do it to yourself. Yeah, You're gonna you'll, be hate, you'll hate your life. You'll be so upset when our Rhinar high rolls you, meaning they drew one blood rush bellow the whole game. You'll be upset. You'll be oh upset my. when you're eleven and zero, and you lose five straight, and you yeah. and you don't get the guardian matchup, and you're gonna be yeah, like, "Wow, no. how would I do that?" Dude, so. I also love that in like Blitz when people go, "Oh, they high rolled me," and it's like, "You mean Kano saw Aether Wildfire, the one mm-hmm. card that they're trying to put in their deck?" Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Chain hit a Blood Dead on turn one. It's almost like he plays twenty Blood Deck cards in a forty card deck. <laughs> What are the odds? Are oh, the odds? no. <laughs> um, so, dude, fuck Blitz. Let's talk about Pro Tour Lil. This is this is honestly the reason why we're here right now, because, you know, our our teammates are in fucking Lil France right now. Um, I mean, you know? aren't, they, aren't they about to play in 30 minutes? Isn't that when round one comes up? No. That's, 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 that's uh, local, 1030 local time. For them, um, so I th- I think I think that's like four thirty our time, but I th- also believe that that's when they start drafting and that's when they start doing their stuff. So who who knows? I, they're asleep right now. I will say that, but um, I'm excited to watch this weekend. You know, um, I, I'm honestly for for the guys. Um, I am I'm a lot more confident in their ability this go around than last pro tour as weird as that sounds because I, I, I at first i didn't really think they were putting a lot of effort into it it's so from what it seemed but then all of a sudden it just ramped up and they were playing every single night for you know a while and uh and also getting our patrons involved and i i think that goes yeah. to show that that extra two weeks that they gave so you can grasp what the format's going to be and not just change change it last minute <laughs> helped a lot there and yeah just going forward give it four weeks right give give us three and a half four weeks to play with before a pro tour worlds right not For sure not two not 13 days or whatever yeah. it was last time that it was, was awesome. yeah it was like 12 13 days i wanted to put my head through a wall um yeah i i'm this format seems seems neat right i think this might be 
the coolest, uh, healthiest CC format we've seen in quite a while. Um, as crazy as that sounds, um, I think players are going to be rewarded for playing what they're comfortable of playing. I don't think I, I don't think for the most part I don't think there's a meta call for this tournament, which is neat, which is refreshing. You know, um, shout out to Kale McCreeth. He's going to play Bravo. That's just because he's comfortable with it. He's going to do well. I hope he does at least. I um, I mean, doesn't the man have like four PTIs? He, I mean, insane. he <laughs> he's insane. He, he is Bravo showstopper, you know. So shout out to Kel, that's my dude. But um, I feel like no matter like if you just play something you're comfortable with, then I think you're gonna be okay. You know, you still might not top eight, but yeah, you still might get exactly. your PTI. And doing well at this is all you want to do. So even even if you are playing Prism, right? I do think there is a place for Prism to do very well at this tournament. Just with, you know, seeing how... And and like I said, it's like 90% playing what you're comfortable with. But it, it kind of is 10% like meta call-ish. And I think Prism, it might be a good time right now for Prism. Just how the way Singapore, um, you know, ended up. We're probably looking at slightly a bit more Guardian. Just the fact that there's so many like aggro type decks. Like there was a lot of Viscerai apparently, a lot of Fi and a lot of Briar in the tournament. So if you're looking based on that, um, we're probably seeing a lot more Guardian as far as people wanting to make that meta call. So you're going to have your Justin Salmons, your Alex, your Alex Sneeds and all the, and Dalen Mack. You're going to see all these people that are like, Okay, well, I'm just going to stick with Prism, right? More than likely, that's what all three of those guys are playing, probably. And they might see a little bit more success because more people think, oh, Oldham and Bravo are going to be good against these, you know, these super aggro decks. And then the Prisms are just going to prey on these people just playing these Guardian decks, and they're just going to do, you know, infinitely better than what they originally would have. So, I mean, the question is, do you want to play the deck that, beats the the best decks like the aggro decks that targets them or do you want to play the deck that targets the deck that beats the aggro decks right (laughs) and depending on what the majority of players bring you're gonna win one of those right if you're playing oldham and all you see is fi and briar and you know viscerai and you are very versed in that matchup and you think you have a very good list to beat it you're gonna do well gonna have a good time yeah if you see three prisms gg to your run my guy <laughs> you know that like... nick butcher you bitch <laughs> so um i i, I agree it's it's kind of like a triangle like meta game right like you're trying to mind fuck each other and um you know some it's, it's there's the thing about it is there's never a right answer and there's also never a wrong answer especially in something like this like i was just saying like just play what you're comfortable with and then, like, you know, just, just, yeah, that's it, you know? Just... I think it's, I think it's going to be harder navigating the, uh, the uprising draft. Yeah, I agree. Force five. There you go. Yeah. I mean, hey, it works for some people, you know? Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, you're going to need to know how to draft a little bit. And a lot of people have been talking about forcing five. And as crazy as it sounds, 
Um, I feel like I feel like forcing fight is the answer, and also forcing fight is not the answer. Same thing with the CC stuff, um, because you might have four people try to force fight, and or excuse me, you're probably going to have two people force fight and two people play their seat into fight, right? And then you're going to have the two Dromai and the two Icelander and f- fighting fighting for everything. So you you more or less what what record do you want to come out as? Like if if it's the end all be all, you want to at least go two one in a draft, right? You always want to go two one. That's that's yeah. the goal. And I like in my brain, I'm computing that a very mediocre fi deck can go two one in a draft pod more times than not. So, I mean, I watched a video. Matt Rogers said it best uh, today that mm-hmm. Fi can play a yellow deck and do well and have a good deck, but both of the other heroes either are locked into one of the other colors. Like Icelander, if you don't get enough blues, that yellow ain't doing shit for you. <laughs> With yeah. Dromai, if you don't get enough reds, that yellows or that blue is not doing shit for you. Mm-hmm. So you're just. But with Fi, it's like if I get a yellow anything, it's like okay, I have this two attack yellow card, or I can just pitch it into my weapon and it hits for three with go again. Yeah. Seems pretty good. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like uh, the other two decks kind of have like more bricks, right? Like, like, like you said, like, I guess like with the Matt Rogers, uh, philosophy there, you know, you have yellow cards that pitch into your weapon or they can attack and, you know, go wider into your chain links. Whereas, Icelander has some cards that you just don't want to see, right? Like, um, literally, I think like ninety percent of the Icelander pool. Well, maybe like seventy percent or eighty percent of the Icelander pool in the sets like Dookie. Like, it's just so fucking bad. Yeah, I, I can I totally agree with that. Um, but you can't obviously you can get lucky, and if if your philosophy is I'm just gonna go and force Icelander, and then you get lucky enough to be in the pod where there's four fives. You might actually go three zero in that draft. As crazy but, as this sounds, but the thing is, if there's two Icelander and like, yeah, uh, like like what two Dromai and then four Fi, you're still not even set up to win that draft. Yeah, it's crazy. Honestly, as yeah. <laughs> you're still not set up to win that draft. Like, yeah. I there's a uh, one philosophy that we can just say it because like Pro Tour is happening. That Allen he said he was doing. He's like, hey. I'm either I'm drafting one of the Draconic heroes, whichever one my um, partner to my right is not on. If they're on Fi, I'm going to draft Dromai. If they're on Dromai, I'm going to draft Fi. I don't care how many Icelanders are in the pod. I'm not playing Icelander. (laughs) And he's done pretty well for himself. (laughs) He he got top four at a calling. (laughs) I want to say he went 3-0 and then 2-1 in the other draft, if I'm not mistaken. So he went 5-1 in the... And he won a road to nationals, right? And he and he won a, um, a draft RTN, yeah. Exactly. So I mean, that might just be the actual strategy. Cut that yeah. out, Kyle. <laughs> Cut that out. Actually, <laughs> we can't be telling anybody the secrets, right? Um, talk about predictions. What do you think top eight's gonna look like? Just like we did for the Pro Tour New Jersey. Let's talk about what we think the decks will be, and then uh, and then uh, area representation for players. Because we were right. fucking way off in the last All one. Right. We were four right. Europeans in top eight. 
Yeah, I, I ate my words. Goddamn. I ate my words. I was full after my words. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Wasn't there, like, six? I want to say there was two American players. Yeah. Four European players and a Canadian player. And, and something like that. Yeah. It, yeah. it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a Spain and Poland finals. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I know. yeah, it was. I remember and that. And then yeah. uh, the guy from Poland also won the calling, too. So, I mean, they just were. They, they were on it. one that weekend. They were on one on their uh, Star of the Show deck, you know? Yeah. Love to see it. Love to see it. Talk okay, to me. So what do you prediction, think? Prediction, right? All right. So we're going to have one prism, one Icelander. If they play each other. Prism wins. <laughs> right? Easy top four to the prison player. Easy top four for the prison player. Alright, alright. So yeah, yeah. One prison, one Icelander. I think I think we're gonna see either one Bravo or one Oldham. Okay. Right? One guardian. One guardian. One guardian. Okay. Maybe one other control deck. Maybe either all one of those three gets another one, right? One of those four options gets another one. But I definitely think we're going to see five or six uh, aggro. And I think it, it's kind of just like aggro to me, right? So basically how I would split up is um, like three control, five aggro. That's – that's it, it's kind of like it can be changed out there, right, what the decks are. It's like I feel like all the decks are playing pretty similarly to each other. I feel like – Briar, Visceri, Fi, they're just kind of like all doing the same idea, just a different way. Briar has the like the channel mount combo. So against decks like Oldham, it plays better into because it's like, hey, I'm eventually gonna see channel mount heroic, and I'm eventually gonna present twenty-one to twenty-eight damage. So that's a guarantee, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and they're gonna see three of those. And then you have Viscerai, who's like, I'm just going to consistently, if you're not going to disrupt me that much, put out 15 damage a turn. You know, 10 to 15 damage a turn with on-hit effects. And then you have Fi, who's like, depending on how you build him, the most consistent, you know, 14 damage a turn. Or he's like this weird on-hit effect deck that you can build into. Um, so I, I just think it's just going to be either... You know, four aggro, four control, or like five aggro, three control, something like that. And I think if I had to put a number, I'd probably say like similar to Singapore, where it's like three Briar, two Briar, you know, maybe one Viscerai, maybe one Fi, give or take one of either of those decks. But I think yeah. Briar is definitely the best aggro deck going into this. Uh, shout out Nathan when he wins oh. the whole thing. Wow, you and I kind of have the same uh, same same prediction on that. Um, aerial wise, who what um what what do you think? How many people from Europe are topping? How many people coming over from America top eight? What's up with that? Um, maybe we'll have revenge. Maybe this is the the time where we say, "Hey, you did it to us. Now we're gonna do it to you and kick you all out of top eight. I have no clue. I feel like all the players and all the regions are good, and I feel like they're all to their – like I feel like there's so many good players playing out there to their best expression of how they can play, and they're being 
perfect with their plays and everything. It's just so hard to know who's going to do well, especially when you have draft in it. It kind of does make it harder, too, because it's like in this format, you just don't have to have a good CC strategy and then predict the meta right and then have your meta, you know, your CC strategy work. You also have to be very good at limited and make sure that you can either two one both of your pods and then do pretty much perfect in CC. Or if you you have to three zero your pods to give yourself some buffer room in CC. Or if you go one two and one your pods, you have to go undefeated in CC. So um, it's it's kind of hard to tell. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. I would probably say something like. Not similar. I would probably say four European players. Probably similar, like four European. Europe's honestly fucking huge. If we want to think yeah. about it, though, so it, like it, it makes sense. It does, right? It does, and a lot of those players are really good, and they're just like low key about it, right? Um, <laughs> that that's the crazy thing that yeah. they're super low key about it. So yeah, three or four Europeans, two or three Americans, and then uh, wait, actually, I would say top eight three european one to two american one to two you know some kind of singapore hong kong you know some kind of asian area right i feel like they're gonna do well and then something maybe give it to canada or something weird like that so no new zealand no australia that's what i meant give it something weird to like canada or new zealand or australia sure okay um I'm kind of on the same wavelength as you as far as top the top eight uh, decks go. I I do believe there's gonna be like two Briar of a, a Viserai. Um probably see a Prism and all, I think it'll be Ultima instead of Bravo. Um, we might actually see a Dash make it in a top eight again. So um, if it is just as good as we it, it possibly could be. So um, hey, everyone, you know, block, block that Dash deck. That's how you win. Yeah, just block the fucking courier. What are y'all smoking over there? I'm sorry. Um, So, (laughs) um, as far as the nationalities go, bold prediction, I think three Americans, three European players, uh, and then we're going to have one New Zealand or Australian player, and then a player from... A player, probably a player from probably Singapore, or um, do do we claim Canada as yeah, if it's North America? Yeah, so um, North America, I guess, because you, you you have players like Isaac Crude that's gonna be there and they play very well. So we we they're they're in on that North American too. So, um, what deck do you think wins then? What's what's your deck that you're taking? You said it was gonna be Briar, right? Briar. I think Briar does it have a bad matchup question mark? I can I think it has tough matchups for sure. I, um but, obviously like Oldham for example is tough. Here's the thing, right? I don't consider a tough matchup a bad matchup. Cause let's be honest here, if you're playing at the Pro Tour, you know how to play it. Like, for example, Oldham, the reason why that deck always has a struggle winning and struggle topping is because if you see Prism, there is no way how you can play really to make that matchup better or player skill or something or sure. put it. But it's like against when you're playing Briar against Viserai, you can win 
against Oldham. You have channel mounts. Even if they offer disruption, there is a way for you to pitch stack your deck to win at the end of the game with Evergreen and outvalue them at the end of the game. And I, I've seen Nathan fatigue people with Briar. It, it's insane. But I I think there's I like decks like that. Um, I think Starvo and Chain were like that in the last meta, where it's like they had tough matches, but they didn't really have a bad match, right? They they didn't have a bad matchup. That's why I always love playing Chain because it's like, yeah, Oldham made my you know made me scratch my head and go, dang, I'm gonna really have to tackle this deck and really learn how to play against this deck and how to beat it and everything. But mm-hmm. once I started beating Oldham, it was literally like easy. It was like, okay, I know exactly what I'm doing to beat Oldham. Nom hated me for a long time, man. Do you remember that? I do. I do remember <laughs> that. Because you figured it out. Yeah, because I figured it out. Yeah. Um, I think just like you, I'm gonna predict uh I'm gonna predict a Nathan Umbriar world's champion. Or excuse me, Pro Tour champion. Do you know how fucking hype that'll be if Nathan or hell, if anybody from the group ends up winning the tournament? I mean, I'd just be so proud if they they even top 64, top 32. I'm going to be so happy for them. So no matter what, I feel like I'll be happy for be happy for my team, of course. But honestly, if someone puts a you have to put an effort to this. If you make the top eight or top 32 or top 64, you're listening to this for some reason. You know, congratulations when you look back and, you know, watch this podcast because it's so good and all that <laughs> but yeah i think and if you get that far you deserve it and it's definitely an achievement that you should be proud of and i hope to one day be in that position when i you know top eight nationals or top eight worlds you know you gotta put that energy out there sorry i gotta plug myself in there <laughs> shove that energy right up the hoo-ha I love exactly that. um yeah you know i think i do i do think uh one thing that is meta going into pro tour and going into worlds and going into your nationals, you know, so just brush your fucking teeth, wash your pits. And when you take a ship, be sure to wipe your ass clean, you know, wash your hands because we don't want your filth, you know, um, shout out to the not sponsor, um, of the podcast. We're not going to name them. But you know, wink, wink. I'm in your emails. Um, I had, it, you know, it's been a while. It's honestly been a while since we've actually been able to to have a conversation, and we're going on an hour ten now. And um, I'm if looking you made forward it this to this far, weekend. God, you are so nice, man. I'll shake such- your hand next time. <laughs> you me. have the the biggest male appendage out there. I just want to let everyone know. Who's made let it, it hang <laughs> like a moose, sorry. Exactly. Um, <laughs> God almighty. But, uh, you know, we'll probably, we'll honestly, we'll probably record something right after uh ban list announcement on the 30th. Um, more We're going to be talking about Pro Tour, of course, right? You know, De- definitely. We're going to decompress the Pro Tour nonsense that ensues this weekend. I want to watch all of it. I'm going to try to watch all of it. Um, and nobody's probably listening to this part. If you are, I love you. Uh, shout out to Austin. Shout out to Ryan. You know who you are, but um, but yeah. Hopefully, um, I'm gonna ask you on the podcast right now for all of our listeners. You know, all f- seven million of them. You know, I think I think you and I should have a uh, have a watch party 
on Saturday morning for day two of the Pro Tour if you're down. I I am down. Uh, try to get some patrons in there and you know shoot the shit, have a good time, watch the stream, and just uh, you know analyze some good flesh and blood because it's going to be some damn good flesh and blood this weekend. So um, it it will be. I'm excited. It, um, so excited. Saturday morning is that day two playing out or is that top? Eight uh, yeah, sa- Saturday morning will be day two. Sunday morning will be top eight. Okay, sounds good. But um, but yeah. Any final words, closing thoughts before uh, before we quit recording so I can upload this thing? <laughs> uh, do ma. And a meeting. Happy- we'll s- yep. <laughs> happy to be back. <laughs> it's uh it, it feels good to actually be able to have this conversation and uh we're gonna start killing it uh for the last part of the year and going into twenty twenty three. Jesus, that sounds crazy to think about. But um if you stayed this long, we appreciate you guys. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um we're on Spotify as well. So if you want to listen on there, there's a link in the description of a YouTube video. If you wanna check us out, um if 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 you're you found us on Spotify or, you know, you see us on Twitter, you know, false on Twitter at missing, missing triggers. Um, we're going to start putting a lot more content on Twitter as well and having a lot more um, neat conversational pieces. So um, we appreciate you guys listening. And uh, until next time, guys, you know, brush your fucking teeth, wash your hands, wash your pits, wipe your ass. And uh, shout out Alexander. Have a good one.